Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team of people. And that's by Steve Jobs. And I want to welcome you again to The Profitable Photographer. I am Lucy, as always. And I would love to invite you to be a guest on my show as someone in the hot seat that I can coach. Um, Not really a hot seat, maybe kind of warm. (laughs) So if you're a portrait or wedding photographer and would like some coaching, And it will be recorded here on Zoom and we'll post it so that others can learn from the coaching that I give you. Please send me an email to lucy at lucydumas.com or go to lucydumascoaching.com. Remember Lucy with an I and uh, send me a little um, hello and and maybe a little about you and and some of the questions you might have. So um, before I introduce... My next guest, oh my gosh, um, I want to tell you personally, he was the first coach that I ever said, I need help and I need somebody that I'm going to invest uh, in so that I take his advice. I've had lots of mentors over the years and it's so easy to um, say, hey, that's a good idea and then not not do something. So um He has so much to share because he's been in this business for over 50 years. He served first in the Canadian Air Force for 10 years as a photographer, and then he opened his studio in 1974, and his services were a wide variety. So he specialized in good, good, great photography, and I'm sure good service, um, but was open to all types. He eventually was grossing almost $2 million a year, and then he sold his studio to his partner and opened a business called The Photo Coach, which, what a great name, yeah? <laughs> um, and he's taught close to 2,000 photographers over 18 years worldwide, so Canada, U.S., Belgium, and France. He's also been very active in the uh, PP. OC, Professional Photographers of Canada, past president and many other um, positions, but now he's retired and his job is golfing, biking, and skiing. <laughs> so welcome, Andre Amoyt. Did I pronounce it right? Well, they would say Amiot. Amiot. Okay. I should have asked you before we got chatting and he speaks French, so you're going to really enjoy listening to my friend Andre. Andre, is that better? Andre, I'm hey, voilà. <laughs> um, So how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just fine, Lucy, except, yeah. that, uh, except I just ended my golfing season yesterday. It was, oh. it was the last day, you know, they folded, they called the golf courses are folding. Oh. And uh, what can you do? It's, uh, it's time to I start polishing my skis. Yes. Store the bike and do the next thing for the next five, four or five months. Yeah. Where do you ski mostly? Oh, I got a ski hill 20 minutes away from here. It's in Bromont, Eastern Townships. Oh, nice. It's uh, one of the best groomed uh, mountains in the eastern part of Canada. Ah. Lots of good skiing and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I used to ski a lot and I've been to the Canadian uh, ski areas in the west and in um, the Banff area and yeah it's amazing so um, you've had a long and very successful career when you look Mm -hmm. back on it what has been the most important key to your success do you think oh I would say there's many keys but this one that stands out a lot and uh, and it might find strange because it has nothing to do with technical has nothing to do with marketing it has something to do with trusting your instinct, mm. uh, trusting your instinct to to move forward, to to reach goals, to uh, gather people around you, to to build up a team. And um, it, I, if you wanted me to sum it up right now at the beginning of the beginning of this meeting, I would say trust your instinct. So, do you have an example of 
uh, something that you had like instinct, like gut feeling connected to your intelligence and whatever that X factor is that we can't put our finger on, you know, where we kind of know something. Do you have an example of that in your life? I could give you 25 examples, Lucy. Well, just one. Pick one. Yeah, pick one. Well, my wife, my lady. I've been uh, I've been with her for 51 years, uh, and that's that's a, that's a, the biggest one, I guess, because uh, uh, I've become uh, as a companion to her and her, uh, her to me. We've become a pretty solid couple, mm. and um, we've managed to uh, have many fun and complicated uh, periods of our lives and we're still happy uh, together and it's so that's that's the very big instinct okay aside from aside from my photography career right so my question and i love hearing that story and i had to trust my instincts not to stay married uh, <laughs> which isn't as happy of a story but uh, but, but it goes both ways it goes yeah both ways. but um in terms of business success is there something that like you just knew your instinct was telling you this is, uh, you know, what you could be doing now that made a big difference, maybe early on in your career? Early on in my career? Um, uh, well, I knew my military career wouldn't be uh, a full-time life. I, I mean, it was uh, two five-year contracts that I fulfilled, and, and I knew that it would be the end of that. I didn't know what I was going to do after the military career, as yeah, so I'll try to, I tried to get a job different places like uh, uh, radio or CBC, national TV, uh, or uh, different areas, uh, hospitals as a hospital, as a medical photographer. And nobody trusted my experience, trusted that I had 10 years of photography experience at 27 years old. Mm-hmm. So I, I created my own job by answering uh, wanted ads in a newspaper for this photographer, local photographer looking for a wedding photographer. And uh, I had no experience in wedding photography, I, uh, but I just jumped right in there, you know. Mm. So let's follow your gut instinct and uh, and see where that leads me. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it led Look me. where it's led, 50 years oh, later. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, years later, but then the, there was a couple of hurdles in the way, but uh, still after my, uh, with my third partner, because the first two uh, were a little challenging uh, to, 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 stay, uh, to stay on topic. But the third partner was um, was a person that uh, was was introduced to me by a former military photographer as well, and he was also a, a, a former military photographer. So I knew that technically we had had the, the same technical background. Mm-hmm. So I knew that he could handle whatever needed to be done as a technical thing. But it was the personality that I, I needed to be acquainted with, and so I tested. Uh, I you can say that in brackets tested the person. By uh-huh. allowing him to work a, a part-time for me, because he already had a job after he left the military. He mm-hmm. had a, a job in a community college as a Navy technician. So I, I gave him the responsibility of our portrait and wedding portion of the studio. And for two about two years, yeah, it was uh, it was very convincing that this person was competent and it was uh, it was a good complement to my skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, my skills were in one way and his skills were complementary to that, not necessarily the same. So that's how we built the studio for, well, our partnership lasted for 19 years, oh. which was good. Which was- so your instinct said, uh, this person uh, is definitely worth a try. And then you also tested it. So you didn't just jump out of a plane without a parachute. You you tested along, right? Right. Well, I, I did that with the first two, so I oh, figured you jumped a little. It was a rough landing, <laughs> and it was a rough landing. So yeah, I wanted I wanted to um, I wanted to uh, to land a little softer this way. Yeah, soft landing. <laughs> so experience is also uh, tempers instinct with experience. I, I'm thinking yeah. about um, the journey because uh, it's not just you know I love what you're saying. I totally agree. Um, it's not just the big instinct, like to go into business, but, um, I think that developing that instinct about that and trusting your gut about, uh, clients and whether mm-hmm. they're people that you want to work with or not. Mm-hmm. And I remember, cause I used to just pretty much take 
when I did weddings for 12 years, I don't know if you know, I did mm -hmm. tw weddings for 12 and then uh, children, which kind of morphed into more family portraits over time. But I would take on a wedding kind of for the money, you know, because I thought I had to. And then I would, and, and my instinct would say, no, this is not going to be a good time. <laughs> They're going to be trouble. And I would ignore it. And mm -hmm. then the last time I ignored it, and I can put myself right in that um, that hall at at the facility. Uh, I I booked it. You know, I I took on the job, even though everything told me this was going to be a difficult client, because I was in competition with a couple of people, and I think my desire to win uh, had me ignore you know those inner signals. And I remember being in that hall and thinking, that is it. I am never ignoring my intuition ever again. And I pretty much haven't. If a client, you know, sometimes they surprise me and they are difficult. And occasionally I think they might be a challenge. I say yes, and they turn out well. But um, yeah, so um, to me, it's not just the 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 big whoppers, but uh, the like, just every day getting in the morning, what's next? Thoughts well, on that? I'll go even further, uh, Lucy, on, on the fear, listening to your instinct. As much as I listened to my instinct when I brought in the studio, I listened to my instinct and my way of moving out of the studio. Uh, at one point in time, after 19 years, there was a somewhat of a nil feeling between the two because we used to do almost everything together business-wise. Mm -hmm. We would not be um, friends that would go out for a beer on Friday night or we would, our families would meet a couple of times a year, have dinner at either each other's places, but we would not be like, we'd be spending a whole week together, many hours per day. On the weekends, it was like each our own time. So we respected that. Mm -hmm. But there came a time after 19 and a half years where I could feel, and he could feel as well, I could feel that it was somewhat of a diversion of, of the vision of the studio. Mm. And I had taken a, um, I had a, self, a personal development seminar over during a, two or three days. And then during that seminar, it was, it came to me that I had to do some reflection on how it was, what was happening in our studio. And maybe a couple of weeks after, I sort of generated a discussion with my partner and I said, you know, it seemed to be going on. We had just moved into a brand new studio, 16,000 square feet of studio. We had Whoa. 23 employees at it. Whoa. It was a huge place. And uh, well, we got $2 million. We needed it. <laughs> this yeah. <is> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we had to generate a lot of business. And luckily, we had a lot of business. So at one point in time, I generated some kind of a meeting and um, at night. And uh, it was a cordial discussion. Uh, and then we ended the meeting and I said, I said, I basically said to him, I said, we just built ourselves the nicest studio in Canada. And then, but there seems to be something between the two of us. What is it? Can we fix it? And the discussion went on and then we left each other and then it was cordial. No, uh, no uh, fist on the table or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. It was just like, it was cordial. Yeah, I and I went home, it was about midnight. And I couldn't go to bed. I walked the street, the city street, mm. for three hours, four hours. I went to bed at four in the morning, got an hour and a half of sleep. And then I said, I think it's over. I think it's over for me. And then, and I'll tell you a story that really still raises a lot of emotion for me at this time. My son was working in the studio. He had his own apartment. So I picked him up in the morning. It was very silent. It was an eight kilometer ride. Very silent. Because I was afraid to say to my son, Christian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the studio. Because mm -hmm. I was afraid he would say, Dad, don't do this to me. I just started working. I love my work. And it's... <clears throat> but then at one point, I parked the car and I said, Christian, I need to talk to you some, about something. He said, what is it, Dad? He says, I think it's my last day at work. Mm. Now, he's 23 years old, started working as a lab technician at the time. He turns to me like instantly. He turns to me and he says, Dad, if your happiness is not within these four walls, why don't you go out and find it? Wow. My goodness, my, my, uh, I still oh. today, I feel emotional when I, I rethink of these words of my son, 23 years old. And that was another act of instinct. And, mm -hmm. and that was the beginning of my exit out of the studio, which turned out okay at, at the end. Yeah, because what I know is that, that the pivot, since that's the word of, of 2020, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's pivot. We're sick of that word. Um, I hope somebody's listening to this 10 years from now and was like, 
oh, that's right. That was that pivot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, that your pivot was to helping other people yeah. and the impact that you've had in this industry since then is huge. So, you know, I hear it's not, or what I feel when we get those kind of um, inklings, voices, feelings, dreams, whatever it is, is because there's a next thing that we're supposed to be doing. Do you, mm-hmm. Does that feel like that, that it was just, you know, your destiny was, was in the education world at that time. And that's why it felt so unsatisfying to do what you'd done already. Well, thank you for saying so, Lucy. Yes, I I think it was because when I mentioned the fact that I had did a personal development seminar a couple of days before, Mm -hmm. during that seminar we were asked a question: What do you? Why are you on this earth? It was like something like you got to go out and find out what's your purpose. And and at that point, in the moment of reflection, it was an hour away from all this group of people who were all by ourselves. And I started writing down stuff, and education came out. My mom was a, a part-time educator. My father was a self-made man. Um, but, and then, and I, I had already been doing some seminars and, and conferences in, in, in different associations. But that came up so much. And I said, I said to myself, and I said to the group eventually when we came back as a, in the group, uh, the moderator asked us, Does, did anyone find anything about uh, mm-hmm. in this reflection period? And I said, yes, I think I found something. And there was 80 people in the room. And I came out out publicly and I said, you know what? I've got the best business. That was my studio to put together the nicest education program I can ever think of. And then I paused for a second and I said, I'm willing to leave that behind in order to pursue that new mission of mine. Mm, Wow. And Lucy, two weeks later, the wheels were in motion for me to leave the studio. Could you imagine that? Well, I have a similar story. Wow. Um, you know, I love, I love how you and I kind of follow uh, instead of like, well, I've always done that, so I just need to keep doing it. That mm-hmm. that we both notice what what we're feeling, what we're thinking. I was, I took a workshop on setting goals, and I thought my goal was to be um, growing my photography business even bigger and having more of a team. I know mm-hmm. you you are, you know, big advocate for people having a team. And I didn't get any energy with the questions. And so at near the end of the the day, while everyone else was writing down their assignment of what are your next steps, mm-hmm. I just went outside and watched the seagulls because it was at a building near the ocean. And the instructor came out and asked me, you know, what's going on? And I said, what I just told you. And you know, it's like, I love photography. I love photographing families and children. And, you know, it's, it's been my calling, but I'm just not getting the fire underneath. And she said, well, what else, you know, kind of like your question, what else is calling you? And I said, I feel like I need to be teaching or supporting or coaching and tears were going down my eyes. And, (laughs) and uh, she said, you know, as we talked, she said, what's your first step then? And I said, well, I'm just saying yes. And then, um, Andre, that month, three people came up to me from nowhere and asked if I coached. So just like you, just like you, two weeks later, everything was in motion. You know, within a few weeks, I just had my absolute confirmation. So yeah, so listeners, think about, think about that. When are the moments you've made those decisions or are there things that are in your heart right now where you're feeling vaguely unsatisfied and you know there's another path for you that is, you know, your next step in life, you know, give that some ponderance. Yeah, and then, and then the thing, same thing goes with education, you know, when, when you're looking for education of some kind, you got to just send out the message. I, mean, I know that may sound esoteric in a sense. Some people might be offended by that, but I live my life on, on, on being aware of what's happening in, in, in life and whatever. And what's the, what are the challenges and what are the opportunities that are brought up to me? Mm-hmm. And then finding education, finding someone to educate, to bring you an extra knowledge that you may not have, because right. there's no way you can think that owning all the knowledge in the world. I mean, that's why I strongly so believe in, in teamwork is to have uh, complementary people working together towards a common goal. 
mm -hmm. finding a, a mentor, a tutor of some kind. And that takes me back to 1986 and um, I had seen Dean Collins. You must, you must know the word, the name Dean Collins because you're from San Diego. Yes, I took a week-long class in his downtown uh, studio. Yeah, well, I did as well because oh. once I met Dean and uh, his one of his conference, I said, "Oh my goodness, this guy is just out of this world." Yeah, as far hey. as, as an educator and then a simplifier. I mean, this guy was, mm. he could simplify lighting, and then at that point, I had been, had been a photographer for twenty years, and you could think that well, I I can master light. As when I got to Dean's place, and when I got out of Dean's place, uh, he's uh, I felt like I had just been reborn as far yeah. as, a, as a photographer, as someone yes. who can read light. Yes, he so, he was a master of light. He died way too young. Um, so uh, it, when I got out of the week-long class, the besides all of the knowledge, and, and I could see light in a new way, and I understood um, the power, you know, I don't know. I just knew more about light. But I also knew I did not want to be a commercial photographer. <laughs> mm -hmm. because well, there was that's so much I, knew I needed to be more of a commercial right <laughs> right seeing him light a car and we got up at four in the morning and went yeah. to a bar in a beach city and he set up about a hundred lights and smoke machines and I was like I never want to do this <laughs> and for you this was my no, sorry to interrupt and for you it sounds like you were like oh how fun is that well, I did those things as well, uh, Lucy, because I was called to do all kinds of projects and commercial photography was more challenging than other, any other. Uh, and then lighting, smoke machines and all that stuff. Yep, I can raise my hand. I did those because a uh, big part because of Dean has, has shown me how to, to evaluate and then read and, and, and do light. It right, right. His, um, he used to have a CD, no. What were those things called? Video cassettes. <laughs> there was VHS cassettes, and I got yes. I got the CD set. I yes. got the CD sets. So yeah. there's still um, there's somebody took over his catalog, and you can still buy it um, on the internet, I think, and download it if you search mm -hmm. Dean Collins, Tony Corbell. He was on my show. Do you know to Tony? I know Tony Corbell. Cor yeah, Corbell so he. We skied together ah, in Whistler ah, a few years yeah. ago. What, he, a, what a gentleman. I know. He uh, he worked for Dean for a long time. Yep. So yep. Um, he, if anybody wonders, how could I find that? Tony Corbell uh, would happily uh, send you info, I imagine. So um, mm -hmm. you've already, I have a question that I think you've already given me a, a couple of tips on it. Um, but the question is um, that, Andre, you have taught so many people to have highly successful businesses since mm -hmm. you opened the photo coach or built it. Can you share mm -hmm. three or four other steps that people want to be sure to do when they're starting their business? So number one is trusting your gut and instinct and um, getting education is what mm -hmm. I heard. Mm -hmm. and, and so what else when you're new? Uh, will help people have a really solid foundation for their business. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty good understanding that the fact that because you think and all your friends and neighbors and, and family members think, say that you're a great photographer and then you should go, on to be, and go into business, you should still do the, um, the process of learning business. Yeah. It's just so imperative because... When I started my workshops all the time, the very, one of the very first questions I used to ask, they said, why are you a photographer? And then they would say, well, I love curating beautiful images. And, and I love uh, people telling me my images are great. And, and I would say, well, who cares? Nobody cares about your images in a way. <laughs> and I would, the second question would be, why are you a photographer in business? Yes. Because there's two different worlds. Being a photographer and being a photographer in business, it's two different words, worlds. It's two different words and two different worlds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So because the fact is that the, the, the set of skills that you need to have in order to run a business, and I'm not saying that you have to uh, know all of them, but you have to know the basics 
And then you have to find team members or people outside sources that would come to you and would supplement maybe, and I, I hate to use the word, the lack of knowledge, but it's just a basic lack of all the knowledge. You don't, you don't need to own that. Right. You still need to. So I, that's why I surrounded myself with the people who knew the new stuff that I didn't know or I wasn't good at. Then mm-hmm. I would become a compliment. So it certainly is a good thing is ask yourself, why are you a photographer in business? And, and if you answer, well, for the right reasons, mainly focused on how you can connect with people, how you can, uh, how you can serve people, because being in business calls for serving people. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing I think is to, is one of the main things that I feel that people should have a sort of a mind shift as far as being the greatest photographer in the world, which we all think we are up to a point where we hit the wall and find these other great people in the world. But the thing is that when your clients come to you, there is a reason for that. There's a reason because they found you appearing a, a, a great person to connect with. You find your photography style, what they're looking for. They found an easy way to, to, to deal with you. All these reasons are the reason why people come to you. To their eyes, you could be the best photographer in the world. But to your peers' eyes, you may not be the, 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 the best photographer in the world because there's always going to be somebody better. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that... Um because you know the big movement uh from there was this like tidal wave of photographers who are doing the shoot and share mm-hmm. you know take the portrait uh do some editing hand it off and then this movement back to uh selling our work and yeah. i feel like what happened is uh there's this dissatisfaction of not you know when you're doing the shoot and burn or shoot and share you're not able to give the kind of service that really helps people first of all have the best experience of hanging out with you and your creativity and your wisdom and everything that is special about you the photographer Mm -hmm. but also doing things for them that it's really not their place to even know how to do it or where to do it like what sizes are right how should i crop this where should i have it printed what's the right frame um, if I do a grouping, what's a layout that, that uh, uses design principles? That's the service that we yeah. offer. And I think that it, it so heartens me. Uh, I don't know if that's a word. If you can be disheartened, then I guess you can be heartened, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it so heartens me to see people craving that, um, that giving of service to others. Because to mm-hmm. me, that's the core of a successful business is, and I'm just thrilled that you use that word because being in that place of service, I think is, um, I don't know, it, it's just, it's just a really happy place as a business. And I think every business that is successful is, you know, at its center, it's, it's serving. So um, is there another tip? So well, I'd, I'd like to just to, to compliment on what you were just saying uh, okay. about the service. I'd uh, like to come back to a, a short story. Uh, when I left the studio, uh, my partner put together a, a little party and then uh, just to, as a going away party and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he gave me two gifts. He gave me he gave me a going away gift. One, it was a, an X-Pen Hasselblad uh, X-Pen camera, which was mm. fine, right? Mm. And the other gift was an envelope. Mm. An envelope uh, in which he had... Uh, yeah, the insight of calling uh, some of my main uh, accounts, clients. And he would say, Andre is leaving the studio for another venture. Uh, do you have anything to say to him? Mm. Well, Lucy, and I still have the envelope here in my desk. Because <sighs> when I feel depressed, because I do, <laughs> it happens sure. to everyone. I pick up this envelope and I read the testimonials. And you know what? Out of these people that wrote me a little note, nobody said I was the best photographer in the world. But all of them said, I will miss you dearly because we had so much fun together, the adventures that we, we got to live together. And then and one person said, I'm a better person because I got to meet you. Oh. This is this is enough to just... <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Uh, yeah, it makes me want to cry just hearing that because it's true. that That's what you yeah. offer because you give yeah. of yourself whole wholeheartedly i guess yeah. is my word 
I emphasize to my coaching clients and have had these conversations lately that really what we're giving is ourselves. It's Mm. a lonely world, especially now, but, Mm. but even, you know, after we're not in a pandemic and before we were, people are isolated. People are on their phones, on their computers and having that one-on-one conversation with somebody that uh, develops a leadership position, because for me, um, the core of, of kind of what I boil down my teaching of how to sell is to become a trusted advisor. So I love that yeah. you, you know, that you got to have that um, evidence of how doing your work contributed in ways that have nothing to do with photography. That's a great story. Photography is just a means of serving people. Right. Yeah. I bought a new bed recently and the place I purchased it, I felt like I made a new friend for a period of time, you know, it's expensive Mm -hmm. investment. um, But she, she gave of herself and she gave service uh, to help me have a better night's sleep. (laughs) Yeah. So um, in terms of maybe some of the hardscape tip for somebody starting a business, you know, we need to get educated, need to trust our instincts. We need to know why we're in business, not just why we want to be a photographer, focusing on service. Is there something more in the left brain part yeah. uh, that you'd like to share? Because because I know I like... Something up my, I got something up my sleeve, uh, Lucy. Okay. <laughs> I got good answers. Um, the, the, it's always tied to a story because I, I learned so much from my own stories uh, and I, I, I've been asking uh, your your uh, listeners if if they ever got into a financial difficulty situation with a bank, you know, mm. and um, and I'm sure that most people have because uh, we tend to regard a bank like uh, something that's difficult to deal with, something to negotiate, difficult to negotiate, and and we give so much power to the bank people, mm-hmm. and we tend to forget that uh, we are the clients. We are the clients, and and one day I had a I had I had been to with with the same bank for about four or five years, and uh, I had no outstanding loan. Uh, the bank had uh, taken a, a a lien on my uh, on my house, which was the worth house was worth eighty thousand dollars at the time. That was a few years ago, and <laughs> so had collateral. They had eighty thousand dollars of collateral for no loan, mm-hmm. and then at one point they and I would uh, this was nineteen eighty. I remember nineteen eighty. Because money was so tight, interest rates were way above, and money yeah. was hard to come in in the studio. And I would go to the bank and deposit every time I had a check come in, and that was about three or four or five times a week. And then one day they turned back a check, they sent it back, said you don't have enough sufficient fund to cover that the, the my um, my lease. And I got so mad because I, they should have trusted me because I was a good client. They had mm. collateral. And then no, I mean, I just, I was furious. And then one of my account uh, clients was a great marketing director at the company. And he turned out to be one of my mentors, marketing mentors. And he could feel that I was doing the job. And he said, Andre, you don't seem like you're in in a good mood. What's happening? And I told him the story about the bank manager, the bank turning away one of my checks. $300, imagine. It wasn't making thousands, 300 bucks. So he says, well, I can help you with that. I said, what do you mean? I can help you make a bank presentation and you will get whatever you want from that bank manager. Mm. You're kidding me. And then he said there was a price tag to to his help. I said, okay. I trusted the guy because he was really the brain of marketing. I said, okay, Maurice, how much? He said $1,200 for two hours of coaching. This is 1980. I could barely scratch the bottom of any drawer to find an extra penny. But I found the money. I gave it to him. And he provided me with a a presentation, a bank presentation, which was so flawless that I walked into the bank. I went back to my original bank, made the presentation, and the gentleman just laughed at me. Says, "How can you do that?" And I got my collateral back, and I asked him for a ten thousand dollar credit line. And the guy said, "Well, you gave I gave you back your collateral. I can't rely on you." I says, "I can't give you the ten thousand dollar credit line." And, I said, and then I walked out. He says, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going to another bank." He says, you're not going to get anything better. I walk into the other bank, did the exactly same presentation, and boom, the guy says, when can you bring your business here? I said, this afternoon, if you'd like, sir. And from that moment on, and I'm still with that bank. It's mm. 40 years I've been with that bank. Different bank managers, of course. But uh, 
but that that uh, consultation that I had with Maurice uh, and how to make a bank presentation gave me so much confidence to go there in front of a bank manager and not feel like a, like I'm worth nothing or drag myself under his desk. No, I was out there with a firm uh, discussion. This is my goal. This is what I want to do with this money. This is what I'm going to do with that loan. I need that money right now, and I'm willing to pay you back at such a terms. And then they could feel the confidence I had myself, and that made my business with the bank so much easier for all the remaining of the years. Mm. So that's so, a hardcore uh, tip. So the so the get tip, ready, be ready to make a presentation, and don't give him too much power. So so the tip is to that banks are there to support our businesses, yes. and when we learn how to approach them uh not like hat in hand as a beggar that is right person person with something to offer them and Mm -hmm. then i i've heard this from the start is it's important to have a relationship with you know financial institution because if you need a loan if you need you know whatever you might need it's a lot easier if you know the bank manager if they know who you are so um Mm -hmm. that that's a that's a really good tip that I don't think people talk about very much in the coaching world, um, especially if you have dreams as a photographer of um, a studio, you know, many employees, um, you know, full-time really like, like um, making it, what am I trying to say? You know, what I'm trying to say there's a lot yes, of people yes. that want to have smaller in-home businesses and may or may not, ever need to work with the bank other than making sure your credit bills are paid and you know everything but to expand go ahead to expand on that i remember distinctively asking the bank manager he says when can you bring your business here and i said this afternoon but before that i'd like you to come over and visit my studio Ah. well he says i'm extremely busy i said it's just down the road sir you can it'll take you 15 20 minutes to go back and come back and visit the studio in 20 minutes you'll get a good idea what we are then he came to the studio and he was floored and mm. at that time we the studio was about 9000 square feet wow and uh, he was just floored he said, i never knew a studio could be that size i said well this is the business i'm bringing you now right so we did the deal and then we we stayed we we stayed with that bank we still are but although I'm not in business, but my personal account is with that bank. Uh, yeah. well. So, so it, that's a hardcore um, uh, tip, but it's yeah. so, so much, it brought me oh, so yeah. much value over the years. Yes. Yes. So is there one tip for established photographers that want to be more profitable, expand their business, uh, create a team? Do you have a, a word of wisdom? Um, Cause I find sometimes coaching people that already have things going in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. It's harder for them to pit. Oh gosh, there's that word pivot. It's harder for them to make the kind of changes that uh, can actually make that difference. To, so do you have any, a tip on that? I think uh, I understand. Cause I did coach a few photographers who have had been in business for quite some time. And, and I found personal Personally, if I found that they were they were a big ship to turn around, you see, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they were set in their ways. Excuse me for a second. <clears throat> they were set in their ways, and um, but I, I sort of begged them to to be f- a little flexible, to try things and not just discount the report that I would give them after the, our meeting, and and just try some things and 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 and, and look for advice. Look for advice. Uh, I gave them some advice and then they can look around in their immediate network of business network, even family network. Sometimes it could work Mm -hmm. to, uh, to bounce ideas and and so on, but be flexible. Let's just try to, if you haven't got a resounding success success with, uh, with a strategy or something that you do, maybe the writing is on the wall. You could change and change the direction, move away, uh, to uh, to another uh, and sometimes just a small minute change would g- give you a big difference because you could be right on the verge of finding success but but you got this wall to cross and it's it's uh, it's sometimes it's difficult difficult to jump right over it mm-hmm. so i think is uh look for advice 
look for for people who are can help you in, in you see how much it comes back to building a team and having and the team right. doesn't mean that it has to be under the same roof no part one of my team members is in the philippines yeah she's a virtual assistant that helps me with um some of the marketing pieces uh for my my podcast and my photography i mean my photography coaching business and yeah she's in the philippines and another gal is um where is she i think she's in virginia so and i i always try to encourage uh my it's usually the women that i'm coaching mm -hmm. always ask if they have a housekeeper because if they're cleaning toilets unless it's something that they love to do you know there are people who it's like a meditation for them but otherwise mm -hmm. you know if we break down per hour what our time is worth as photographers and business owners you know it can be a hundred to five hundred dollars an hour or more and mm -hmm. and people need work too so having someone else do those things that you just grew up thinking I need to do this myself. It can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as someone else mowing your lawn or um, uh, doing some repairs instead. It's all a question of how much your time is worth. Right. Uh, exactly. Are you making more money by mowing your lawn or you could be on the phone and try to find a new client or follow up with existing clients. Right. And, 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 what, and if you, don't mind if I could come up with another, another idea or tip or sure. For, for That's why I'm here with, with you. The, the question would be, do, you, do how many of you have a specific plan to keep in touch with, you, with your customers? And um, remember the, in March or February and March, when they started to confine us in different ways or mm -hmm. close down the borders, whatever, and, and businesses were being closed. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you could read on social network everybody was going down the, the motivation was down everybody was seeing just black clouds all over the skies and um, but then I got some of my clients and I said okay what are we going to do now we got all this time in our hands what are we going to do uh, and I'll just give you the story of one particular client from Europe uh, and she uh, they have a good a good business she had a good business and the moment she the, had to close down the business she started emailing and sending mail to her client to her clients keeping in touch on a regular basis on different topics but also on photography topics and she kept going to, all the way through until it was the business was reopened again in june and then she confided in me in in august that so far 2020 is her best year yet even though she was closed three months right the the question is what are you what did you do in the spring? And now that we're being reconfined again, what are we going to do now? Businesses are being closed and because the, this pandemic is, 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 is getting a second wave. Mm -hmm. And what are we going to do to, to, to keep our motivation up and also to, to keep in touch with our clients, to, to stay in front of our, uh, in their faces, to say that I'm still there, I'm right. still willing to serve you, and I can do it. Right. Anytime you want, as soon as the business reopens. Uh, one of my uh, friends had okay. called me. Retired from coaching. Pardon? Uh, I'm, as far as coaching is concerned, I'm retired from coaching. Uh, in March, uh, seeing all of these business closing, I said, okay, all these photographers have a lot of time. I launched a, a project, which was a little crazy. So I launched, a, um, we created a, uh, a series, you know, these videos that feed into each other, like a series of videos for about two minutes. People, mm -hmm. they, they come in and you saw many of these videos. Uh, photographers would just take a picture and move the camera to another photographer and on and on. What I created is basically, I, I connected with all my former clients. I said, let's do a video, but let's give it a topic and we call it photography. It's a lasting value. So I would have people, uh, photographers, different genres of, photographer, of photographers, um, come up, bring one of their um, printed piece in front of them and say a sentence, a, a word, uh, a few words to, to concerning the value of photography, what it brings to people. Mm. And they would pass the photography on to the next person and we would, we would do this chain of videos within about a two and a half minutes to three minutes video. 
And I did that with a group in France, in Belgium, in, in Canada, and then in my province here in Quebec in French. And I got some people in Mexico to do it. And I got, uh, yeah, that's it, that's it. And then it went viral. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy, it went viral. <laughs> so and is it on YouTube? Funny. Is there a... It's on YouTube, yeah. I could. I, I'll send you the link, the YouTube link, um, uh, Lucy, if you want to put it in the podcast, if you like. Yes, I'll put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah, you'll see the uh, Canadian uh, generic version of it, and then. Cool. And so, but it got everybody motivated to do this thing, you know, yeah. and it kept them busy for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And it had a purpose. It had a purpose. The the, the broadcasting uh, rule was that you, you send it out to all the people that you know, all your clients, uh, you look at all the media, all the, the local media, they ask them to broadcast it as soon as when the business reopened again in June. So at one specific day in June, everybody would be broadcasting it exactly at the same time in Europe and in Canada and in Mexico. Every, and then it just went viral. Wow. <gasps> I love it. Wow. <laughs> keep him busy you're so awesome um mm. hey so i had one last question because we're um yes. we're running along but that's okay good stuff um can you tell when someone hires you to be a coach which ones are going to be successful and maybe you already have shared this uh so far but are there common personality traits or habits that you start to see like or or is it a surprise like what are your thoughts on on I mean I know I know for sure you hold the intention and the vision of Mm -hmm. everyone being successful as do I but do you Mm -hmm. get a sense as people are going along well this one is is going to really make their dream come true immediately on the first meeting you can tell right off the bat, uh, Lucy, you can tell right off the bat if the person is, is willing to listen, is willing to, to, to change their habits. If they're one, one person called me one day and um, I said, okay, he says, I'd like you to coach me and all this stuff. I said, okay, let's go. I'll, I'll visit your studio. It was local. I visit the studio. And then as soon as I walked in, uh, he could tell me how he was, uh, this was, well, early 2000, I guess. And um, I walked out of the meeting an hour later, I was drained. My mm. energy had completely left my body. I came home and my wife, has, my wife said, what is happening to you? I said, I just went to this person's studio and he drained me. He said, what does he want? He wants me to coach him. I said, she said, are you going to take him? I said, absolutely not. I can't, I can't deal with this person. So like I said, the gut feeling, the, the, the energy transfer that happens between two individuals when one is seeking help from the other mm-hmm. uh, it's it's so evident uh, and, and sometimes uh, I, I I feel it I feel I've turned down a few clients because I couldn't I couldn't move not that I have all the answers not that it's just that I could not feel that this person was willing to make any change in their in their process or whatever right Mostly the attitude as well. It's a question yeah, of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. People that, that um, jump in and take the risks and are not completely afraid of, well, if I, if I hire you and make this investment, what if it fails? You know, okay, so what if it does? You know, yeah. you've still grown. Um, you know, those are the people that I see move the fastest. Mm-hmm. Now, I think people get benefits no matter what actually happens in their business. Um, I had a client who he had a full-time job he really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And he thought, uh, oh, and I'd like to also be a photographer and maybe my wife could, you know, once once our child is going to school, she mm-hmm. could help and it could partly be her business. And what I helped him see was that he did not want to have a photography business. He mm-hmm. wanted to enjoy his job and then enjoyed being a photographer. Mm-hmm. And so for him, it, it was not a disappointment. I mean, that I was surprised at the end, you know, when we do a little review and I'm like, you know, what has been the benefit? And he said, I get it that to be successful, you 
there has to be something more than a desire to make a little money. And yeah. and, and then it doesn't help prevent you from being a photographer. No. But it just means that you're not capable or uh, able to become a business, a photographer in business. And that is nothing wrong with being a photographer. I have no. some dear friends who are fantastic photographers and but they've never thought of going into business and that's yeah. rightly so. Yeah. I used to um go to poetry readings. I live in this really cool older historic community in San Diego mm-hmm. and in the little coffee shops um the these community of poets uh you know have regular get-togethers and I would I've always written and I would read it but I would listen to these men and women that are fully dedicated to poetry as their art, as their passion. They make little books. Some of them get gigs, you know, being a visiting poet. And I realized, oh, my superpower is photography as a career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a writing, it's a, it's an outlet. It's a, you know, it's something creative that I do, but, yeah. but, um, you know, these people are serious. So yeah, well, mm-hmm. we are out of time, even though I have like a thousand other things I'd like to chat with you about. <laughs> well, Lucy, if you don't mind me, I'd like to share something uh, very quickly. I recently, you know, Seth Golden? I know you of know? him. I haven't ever really, um, you know, people might be shocked. No, I haven't. Listen to to and register for his blogs and whatever you, you'll be yeah. inspired on a daily basis. Okay. I just got a book. I bought his latest book, which was shipped to me last week. It was a, it was a worldwide launch last week. It's called the practice ah. The practice. And uh, there was a quote in, in, in one of the book and in, in the book that it says, uh, um, do what you love is for amateur love. What you do is the mantra for professionals. Mm. And I, that hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> that is because, good. Uh, oh, I, you know, if we had had time, I would have, I would share the story with uh, that I had with personal story I had with Seth Golden when I went to New York. But maybe another time. Yeah, because hey, I I uh, love to have a conversation every week, and you know we have a lot more we could we could talk about. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. Um, thank you like that it kind of like is a ripple that is just resonating in my brain and is my soul as I'm thinking about that and I'm like when I decided it was time to quit weddings it was because I was no longer loving what I did because I was supposed to be shifting to be a a children's photographer and um, you know and then as I built that you know I just absolutely loved what I did and you know, the, the business came, uh, it, it's harder in my opinion to market children and family portraits than weddings. Uh, but, uh, it's, it, it was worth it for me because that's what I loved to do was the business and the photography. Well, um, so I know you have uh, a gift for people and I'd love for you to share what that is and then how they'd get in touch with you. Well, um, there's a lot of people uh, that uh, offer products online and whatever it is. And, uh, and I'm also a person that offers products online, but I'd like to give something for free today. And then, uh, and it's a, it's an ebook. Uh, I wrote a book, uh, I wrote different books, uh, but uh, one of I, one of them is an ebook. It's called the photography from passion to profit. And I'd like to, I'll give you the link uh, where people can actually uh, register to get the book. Mm-hmm. And that'll take you to my website, photocoachonline.com. And then you can see a, an array of, of, of material, of free material that's there. Because I don't want to give discounts on whatever. I want you to know of me and what I stand for before you even actually decide, well, maybe there's something else that, I, that I'd like to get uh, from Andre. And although I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore, um, the... There's so much stuff on my uh, on my website and on my YouTube uh, channel that you can get all kinds of free material that uh, will take you in, will take you far, uh, different places, and move along in your business. So the book is from photography from passion to profit. It will be is available. If you check my uh, photocoachonline.com website. You'll be prompted to to see the book there and then and our, our resource page 
where you'll find all kinds of different material as well, all free material. Thank you. And there's also a program which is called the PhotoCoach Online Business Core System. Now that's my paying stuff, but check out the free stuff first and you'll see if that's for you. And then you Great. can move on if you're like that. Thank is you. that is that okay, Lucy? Of course. You know, more is more when it comes to learning and you know, you can't learn from only one person, yeah. which is why I love doing this podcast because many of us are talking about the same thing, but the experience and the focus is different with every single person. So, yeah, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I want to thank you so much for being on my show and is there one last short little something you want people to come away with um, before I do my wrap up? What's your kind of last word? Oh, my last word. I'd like, I'd, I'd like to quote uh, a blog from Seth Golden, which came up, uh, I think it was last week. Uh, I have different quotes, so many of them, but then this, this blog post is, it was called One Difference Between Science and Art. And I think it relates to photography as well. If you can't replicate the work and get the same outcome, then it's not science. If you can replicate the work and get the same outcome, it's not art. So that means basically mm. follow your sign, find a signature, follow your, your heart is to become a, a creative person and treat uh, each client as an experience in building the story that's so relevant to that particular person. Mm. Therefore, your work will be a creative work and it's not going to be a repetition of whatever. I love it. So that keeps us fresh, keeps us creative and profitable and making people happy. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I know for me, um, about every six months, I look at my work and say, wow, I'm like better than I was before uh, because I'm always, and I'm sure this is what you're talking about. I'm always trying to have the next session be the best one I've ever done. Yeah. And not like, Oh, let's get through this one now and mm. check. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much. And um, I know that people are going to be so inspired and they're going to realize that those, those still small voices inside of them, it's important to listen to them. That's our intuition. That's our instinct. You know, so I love, I love how you've shared your heart and your wisdom and, um, you know, there'll be more conversations in the future. So thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you, Lucy, for having me uh, on your show. And it's a it's been a privilege, honestly, been a privilege. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for saying yes. Well... That was such a lovely conversation with a really nice man. If you met him, I know you'd love to just sit down at lunch and chit chat back and forth like we just did about photography and setting our goals and listening to our inner guidance. And um, it's a little hard to summarize. I re-listened to the recording and, um, and I just really enjoyed his stories And that is something that he's really big on in everything he does is telling great stories. Some of the tips that he had were the importance of finding a mentor, understanding why we're a photographer, why we're a photographer in business, focusing on serving others. And he shared a nice tip about negotiating with a bank, which I think again comes down to forming relationships in our businesses on every level. And he mentioned that for established photographers, we can be a little set in our ways and it's good to be flexible, look at things from a different angle. And uh, he shared about staying in touch with his customers. So um, this was a little bit less linear and a little more like he and I were having a lovely conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember to get in touch if you want to know more about what it might be like to work with me directly. I'd be happy to hop on a quick call. Just go to lucydumascoaching.com and you'll see a form or just send me an email to lucy with an i at lucydumas.com. 
Thanks again for listening and bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.